Impact Podcast, presented by Anytown Records. This week, I call my brother and have a long overdue chat about our childhood, his time in the Navy, and the decade he spent in Hollywood. Sorry about that, man. That took forever. No, okay. so it good. took so long. <laughs> um, Dude, it probably takes Rogan, Rogan's uh, engineer's hours, too. Is it recording now? Yeah. And if, for everyone to know, you're my brother, Greg Blessing. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, man, like, how far how far back do you want to start? You want to start from when you when we were kids, or you want to go to the military? or? You want Let's start in Hollywood. Hollywood? Okay. So I get out of the military. You, you, I'll tell you the most interesting, two interesting ones first. I get out of the military. Were you going to say something? No. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought I was going to go to Hollywood and I was going to be super famous immediately. I have been in two movies. One is on Amazon Prime, but to get there, it, it was fucking insane, dude. <laughs> when I first got there, I thought the studio execs were going to put me in movies. I thought I was going to be famous within a week. And what happened is... Um, and this is not to make people feel depressed. Do not feel sorry for me. I just, I think it's interesting. I got molested almost immediately by not, not penetration, but I got <laughs> molested by a, by a dude named Reassure, believe it or not. That was his real fucking name, too. You know what background work is? Extra work? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anytime you see a movie and there's a bunch of people running around in the background, those are extras or background. You call them, you know, I say it extra. But anyway, I was doing that for about a week. I was on a game show. If you ever watch a game show, just know there's people in the audience who are paid 60 bucks to have to pretend that they're entertained by the shit that they're listening to, and they make you smile, they make you laugh. It, it's really not fun at all, except you get to flirt with chicks afterward, but it's work. Smile over there. There's a guy yelling at you. Smile. Hey, clap. Hey, laugh. And uh, afterward, this dude, um, he came up to me and he said, hey, man, uh, you know, I'm a casting agent or whatever the fuck. I, I can get you a bunch of work. And I believe them. And I said, okay. He said, hey, come, he said, hey, come over to my house. Now, now it's fucking ridiculous. Like, I, I had no street smarts back then. I didn't know nothing, even though I'd already been in the military. I go to his house. And, uh, I started to start light with him. <laughs> oh, man, this is going to be crazy. This motherfucker. That's funny. Um, he, he has me come to his house he has, he has me sign real paperwork it turns out he is a talent guy but anybody can be a talent guy I could go, just like anybody can be a private investigator dude. You, don't, you could go become a private investigator in a week but he just anyway he I never smoked weed he's like hey try this man and he gave me the weed pipe I didn't do that I didn't even know how to suck and I'll never forget he was like suck suck and I was sucking nothing was happening sounds gross but you know sucking the pipe not his pipe <laughs> and, uh, he said hey let me put something on it so he i'm not kidding dude he sprinkled white powder on it and he assured me that's normal weed i think it might have been pcp I, it, angel but it's something really fucked up but i didn't know that I, I i seriously dude i didn't know nothing. the internet was new at this point i didn't know anything and uh i smoked it and i started fucking hallucinating the second I smoked that shit, I teleported back to boot camp, and I saw my drill instructor teach him another class, but this guy hated me more than anybody. He loved me at the end. But anyway, I saw him yelling at this other bunch of recruits, 
And while he's yelling at him, I feel a fucking hand on my crotch. So the dude's like grabbing my dick. He knows I'm straight, man. He, he knew. Mm-hmm. He's grabbing my dick, and then he tries to put his hands on my pants. So I, I run out of there. And uh, I'm running through the hallway, and I'm literally running through boot camp. It, it's the weirdest fucking thing. And every PCP. time I run past... It, I, yeah. <laughs> every time I run past a room, I keep seeing the drill instructor. He never looks at me. He never says nothing. But I know that he knows I'm there. He just keeps yelling at these other recruits. And uh, long story short, I get out of there. And my friend... I went through a crazy... I'll, I'll go into this later. But I went through a crazy experience in the Navy. And for some reason, all of it besides boot camp was with this guy named Nick. But anyway, Nick comes and picks me up and he brings me home. Now, if this was a movie, that'd be it. But believe it or not, that wasn't the last time I hung out with this guy. <laughs> I ended up, because, dude, I really wanted to get in the industry, man. And yeah. so I, I ended up going to see him the next day. He never touched me again, but we, we hung out a few times. He introduced me to these real fucking sleazy producer guys who swore they'd get me in. And they had, like, a lot next to some show Anthony Mackie was shooting. Nothing ever came of it, but it's just a little side story there. Damn, man. You want to hear another You want to hear another Hollywood one? Yeah, dude, keep them coming. All right, this... I, I really hope you don't know about this. Oh, can I say one thing? Let me yeah. let me say one thing. There's been a common theme throughout life where Greg will tell me these really crazy fucking stories. And at, just to be honest, at first they sound like bullshit. Almost. Sure. Not almost. Every single story you've told me, I've like found backup. Like you've been like, oh, I'm in the background of this movie, or I'm in this, or this, or this, and I always feel like it. You, I'm the one who probably lied the most growing up to mom and dad and shit. Like everything you say is always true. It's insane all the shit that you've been through. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I don't bullshit you, dude. I I don't have any reason to lie to you. You know. Yeah. You you specifically, I don't gain anything by lying to you. You're not gonna think I'm cool telling you some dumb shit. I did tell you I dated Jessica Alba when I was in LA, but that was bullshit. I didn't. <laughs> I, I lied. A, I lied a couple times, but <laughs> was the Vince Vaughn selling weed story real? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know what was fucking weird about that dude? Vince Vaughn. He, he was at a restaurant, and the restaurant was facing a huge billboard. And I remember what the movie was for. It was, I think, it was Be Cool or something. It was a really not good sequel to a really good movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was the name of that? I can't remember. It was a sequel to something, whatever. But that's be. Cool. I remember. I think he went. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's a sequel to Get Shorty. I think. I'm. Yeah, I loved Get Shorty, dude. I fucking love that movie. But but anyway, I, I know that he went to this restaurant just so he could go outside, smoke, and look at the billboard. Because yeah, he was out there smoking a cig, looking at this massive billboard on him. Which you know, I I understand that. And I yeah, I just it's not really a good story. I just went up and said, Hey, man, is this is this a sequel to whatever movie you just said just now? Uh, I can't believe I don't remember it. Be cool, or get shorty. Yeah, it's the first one called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I asked him if there's a sequel, even though I know it didn't. Just have a reason to talk to him, and then somehow that went into, "Hey, you want some weed, man?" And he was like, "No, nah, I'm good, thanks, man." I mean, it's not a good story at all, dude. I've I've had a million celebrity interactions. That's the most boring one. But yes, I did try to sell Vince Vaughn weed. <laughs> Shitty weed too. Not not good weed. He didn't know that. But... <laughs> all right. Did you know I was a guy's bitch for two years in L.A. Not sexually, but I was literally a guy's slave. Did I tell you this? I know, but I don't really know why. Andrew, I am not making this up. I was a fucking slave for two years to this motherfucker. He lived next to me. He was a. Uh, he said he was an actor, right? And I looked it up. This motherfucker has a hundred credits to his name. Tons of. He was in Howard the Duck. He's the 
bouncer in Howard the fucking duck. He's a famous <laughs> stand-up comedian. His name was Monty Hoffman, and he, he this is legitimate. And this is how it started. I came home one day to my apartment. He's sitting in his fucking underwear. He's one of those old guys who sits outside in their underwear, you know, real perv, right? Mm-hmm. And he's sitting out there in his underwear, and he says, Hey, can you go buy me a pack of smokes? I'll give you the money. <laughs> so he gives me the money. And, but he, this is what he does, too. He gives me a Percocet. And it, at that point, I, at that point, I don't think I was really hooked on Actually, I was taking Vicodin then, but Perk was really hard to get back then. Really fucking hard to get Percocet. Percocet was like the really good shit, right? He gives me a Percocet, and I'm flying. And that's the only time he ever gave me a free Percocet again. So after that, I would every day I would go get him cigarettes, and he would sell me Percocet, okay? Never give it to me, ever. So if I ever wanted some some extra, I had to swipe it from him because he, he was real dumb, you know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I basically would go do his groceries. I'd pick up his cigarettes. He was trying to be healthy, so his version of health was for me to go to McDonald's and get him a cheeseburger, but uh, according to him, a cheeseburger is just protein and cheese, man. I don't think he knows that the bun at McDonald's has sugar. It's all crap. Anyway, two years I'm doing this, dude. Take him to appointments, go get him shit, do everything for him, and the whole time he swears to me he's going to get me in with Apatow. And he knew Apatow. He's friends with Judd Apatow, who at that point was the biggest name in Hollywood. Spielberg of Hollywood. Okay? Mm-hmm. He's going to get me in, and everything's legit. You can look him up, Monty Hoffman. And uh, finally, I get him when he's really high one day. He he would he would swear he never got high, but he was always high, dude. Me and him were always high on the first set. I was giving him probably 900 a month for that fucking per. I was paying his rent, dude. And all the shit I did for him, he never did shit for me. But anyway, I finally convinced him to call Judd Apatow's office. He calls, and he's like, hey, man, I got this thing. Uh, here. His name's uh, Greg. Blah. I can't even say my last name, even though he, he's known me for two fucking years, right? <laughs> and, he, uh, and he just stutters my fucking, like, how can you forget blessing, dude? He just makes a mockery of it. <laughs> and he never, you know, that's as close as it gets. He never hooks me up, never does anything for me, but for two years, he's strung me along. It's weird, because I liked him, but I didn't like him either. I liked him because he was getting me fucking high. It's like, uh... He's the one that... Yeah. It's like reverse misery. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, to me, that's, that dude, nine, I'm pretty sure I was spending 900 a month on Percocet. He, he charged me out the ass. So what I would do sometimes is he would let me go pick up his prescription, and I would, and some of them would fall out by accident, you know, or slip in my pocket by accident. But that's the only, the only thing I got out of that relationship was basically Percocet, which he got me so hooked on. I was taking 10, 10 milligrams a day. And, uh, that if you, if you know, a person that's a lot, dude, a lot of acetaminophen in your body that I was taking Vicodin into and tram it all. But yeah, he never hooked me up, never did nothing for me except didn't hook on that. But it's still to me one of the most interesting things in Hollywood to be a guy's bitch, which I was. There you go. Did, um, yeah. so l- let's go back a little. So, um, do you want to start from the Navy or how you got to Hollywood? Cause I can, cause you want to go to the, you want to go to the Navy? We don't have to. No, that's fine. Um, what made you want to join? Honestly, it's the dumbest shit in the whole world, dude. I, I was, I got fired from, uh, my movie theater job in Alabama cause I had never drank alcohol before ever. I was squeaky clean. And this dude I met, real nice guy. He had a party and I got wasted and I went to work hungover and I got fired for being hungover. But anyway, 
I lost my job, so I'm a few weeks. I'm sitting at home, not working. I'm 18, and Dad comes in, and he says, hey, you got to get a job. And I said, okay. And I swear to you, without even thinking, I just got up. The Navy popped in my head. I went and signed up. That, that's, that's it. That's all the thought that went into that. I came back home and went back to sleep, too. I'm like, hey, Dad, I'm going to be in the Navy and went back to sleep. <laughs> before, before we go any further, I, I want to say that um, a lot of times people ask me how I know so much about movies. Um, Greg worked at a movie theater and a video store growing up. So Greg used to sneak home R-rated movies um, all the time under your shirt. I mean, I saw Goodfellas when I was like, I don't know, 12 or something. Like, yeah. Clockwork Orange. Post, we got posters, too. We yeah. snuck in the posters. And then oh, uh, I remember Heavy Metal, the cover of Heavy Metal, the chick with the titties. <laughs> you bringing that home? You know, I never got to watch that, man. Mom fucking caught me with that. Mom would catch me at the door, so you know what I had to do? Whenever I would come home on my bike, this is what I would do. I don't know if you remember this. I would come home, I would go in the backyard, and I would hide the tapes in Dad's shed. Mm -hmm. So Mom, if she first me, there was nothing. Then later at night, I would go get them. Yeah, like, that that was the fun thing. And I'm trying to, all these stories are coming to me real quick before we move on to um, uh, you joining. So Greg... Greg and I used to have bikes. Let me say this real quick before you say anything. I, I don't, I, I know this is way back. I do not hate Monty. I actually like him, but I was his slave, so it was kind of <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome. So I do not hate Monty. He wasn't completely bad. He was just, you know, he was fucking nuts. Okay, anyway, tell me your story, please. Um, we, um, so Greg worked at the movie theater. He would ride his bike to work and stuff. But an insane story I've always wanted to bring up is, so Greg and I, um, we would ride uh, our bikes and go places together. Like Gre- when Greg had to watch me in the summertime, he would take me to like Sam's club and we would eat free samples. And, um, you went through a phase where you were crashing weddings too. I remember that even before the movie came out, that was before the movie came out, yeah, yep. you were putting on a suit. So we lived by this place called the Shakespeare festival, which was like a huge public park. It's my favorite place on planet earth. Still to yeah. this day, that's my favorite place. And ever. There's a lot of memories there. So right so the park is miles long and when you get through it, it backs into an apartment complex. So Greg and I were dumpster diving, which was like a really big thing we did back then. And he would find, I forgot about this. Crazy, been a while. Yeah. He would find crazy shit like gold plated or like everything. So one time Greg takes me and we're at our last stop, which is this apartment complex. And they just recently put a huge like gate around the dumpster. So he, um, he boosts me into the dumpster and I'm digging through and I go, dude, there's these like mag light flashlights in here. Oh shit. There's zip ties. Oh, there's a briefcase. Oh, there's bullets. And I'm handing it down to him. And then, um, the apartment complex guy walks over. He was nice. He was just like, what are you guys doing? We're like, Oh, nothing. So we ride off and go back into Shakespeare festival and we, and we would go to this little ditch, like our little hideout spot. So we go into the ditch and Greg is, way older than me at this point um i'm still a little kid i think you understood what was going on i didn't but i still remember to this day we're going through this briefcase and there's all these little projector slides people are uh old enough to remember projectors the little cardboard squares with the cellophane in it we held one up and it was just like a woman with her fucking wasn't her throat slashed like it was, I, I'm, she was dead weird dude i, I don't know I, I just remember somebody tied up to there yeah. was a bunch of nasty there was it was like it was just like a fucking fincher movie like we we're seeing all this yeah seven yeah so 
I remember at that point, my heart was racing. I was like, what the fuck did we just find? Um, do you want to finish it? Or you want me to? Oh, no, no, you can. Okay. The only other thing I remember is we found like a cool tube that had, we found, yeah, zip ties. There was some metal tube, like police issued tube. It, it looked cool. I don't know. But, but, like, long story short, we tried to go home and sneak all this stuff in through the dog door and got caught. Um, basically, <laughs> I don't remember that. yeah, long story short, we, a, a guy in the apartment, apartment complex worked for the FBI and his house got broken into and we found like all this yeah. FBI agents, like private documents and the FBI came to our house <laughs> and they didn't yeah, say so thank you or anything. We fucking broke into the house. Yeah, they didn't, what if they tried to plant that on us? Yeah. They didn't say thank you. They didn't say like nothing. They just took the shit and left. I'm pretty sure we still have one of those flashlights somewhere. I gotta find that. You know what's weird about that, dude? I don't remember. I remember hiding upstairs. I don't even remember seeing the FBI guy. I, I didn't. No, that. Remember, mom would always bring that up. She was like, "I was." The we were one. scared. Yeah, man. I was we the went only upstairs. one. <laughs> yeah, she she. So she talked to him, but um, that's wild. That was the first time I ever saw a dead body like a pit. Well, like, dude. Yeah. You know, I, I, the reason I don't remember the slides is since I've been in the military, I've seen so much nasty bodies and gross shit that it kind of blends in but uh mm-hmm. but i remember everything else you said oh but remember somebody said we almost got killed in the dumpster because it was electrified you remember that <laughs> oh yeah 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 shit i forgot about that one um that was that that was the fun thing man like look you don't realize it until you look back but it was a lot of fun growing up without like technology and shit. oh yeah and like you going to great. the movie theater and like I remember the you worked at Premier Movie Gallery or um, Premier Video, Loved it. and then it turned into Movie Gallery. And going in there, I still remember how it smells like the Jack Frost DVD. <laughs> and uh, we, I still haven't watched that fucking movie. I it's kept awful, it off. dude. You can watch it for free online right now. Um, dude, speaking of the dumpster stuff, um, did, did you know I found a? Remember, you know, you remember Sam Goody's the music store? Did you know I found a guy's keys in the dumpster? You weren't there that time, but. Uh, I was going through the dumpster and I found a set of keys and it was back then you were really fucking cool if you had a key fob that would lock your car. Cause I think that's when it came out with the yeah. kids, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, so I went to look, luckily he's lucky I wasn't a fucking piece. So I went to go in the parking lot and I clicked it, found the car. And then I went into Sam Goody's. Turns out one of the workers there had thrown his keys away. And, and he, do you understand the chances of some just random asshole like me going in the trash and finding it and giving it to him. He was so excited. I found his keys, his car. You, you've always been one to find, like you were, there's that video of you online in LA, the lady dropping her like wallet and you running up to give it to her. Yeah. Yeah. You, you would always find shit. I think that's me. It is dude. We, we Uh walk, we walk that weird way. So it's definitely you. I I think it's me. I I found since dude, not to kiss my own ass and I'm, I'm being dead serious in LA alone. I swear to you, I probably found 50 cell phones and 50 wallets. I'm not kidding. I, 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 know I don't know true. what it is. I can find wallets. First, I found a lady's purse full of cash. I never steal anybody's money, and I never accept a reward ever. I never accept a reward. I always tell them my kindness is free. And then guess what, dude? One day I lost my wallet. My rent money was in it, and this real terrifying-looking gangster dude with a shaved head and tats gave it right back to me. He That's knew it was in man. it, too. So that's karma. That's karma, man. You you would 
growing up, I remember you returned a lady's purse in Alabama. We were at the beach one time, and you found like a hundred dollars floating in the ocean. And then you used to go. Yeah, into, I found so much shit. You used to go to uh, at school. You used to go to the lost and found and dig through all the pockets. <laughs> yeah, I, I found a ton of money that way. And you know what else I did? Remember, Dad's fucking. Uh, I used to love this thing. Dad had a what's it called? It looked like a pencil, but it extended to like three feet and it had a magnet on it. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, what I would do, I did this every day. When I went to go buy my food in the cafeteria, I would go, shit, and I would actually drop a coin. And then when I was down there, there was a gap, and I would shove that fucking thing under there and just pull out tons of coins. Like, I found so much money, dude. <laughs> every day. I found quarters. The quarters was a lot of money back then. Yeah, so before you joined the military, so Greg and I, we went through phases. Uh, when you are in high school, we were hanging out a lot, and I remember you had your little blue pickup truck, the camper shell, and... I thought you were so cool. Oh, I love that thing. I thought you were so cool because you had one of those radios where the front face pops off and you like put it in a little case yeah. and put it in your pocket. And that thing was um, sick, man. You also got me into a lot of. I remember we went through a phase where we would listen to like Moby and like Coldplay had just come out and everyone thought it was a good I still thing. like I still like Moby. Yeah. And then I, but the biggest thing I remember is us going to um, Warehouse Music at East El Mall to wait for uh, Speaker Box Love Below to come out, the Outcast album. And, uh, you know what's creepy? I don't remember that at all. Do you have a better memory than I do? I don't know why I don't remember that. I, I remember listening to it. Please. We um, picked it up at night and we sat in your truck. And I remember it because we were laughing because there's that picture of Andre 3000 as like half horse with a bunch of bitches. I remember that, stuff. yeah. <laughs> and uh, then, Do you remember the song that was foreshadowing uh, R. Kelly's demise? They're, they're singing about little kids or something. You remember that? Pink and blue, yeah. Um, Pretty pink, baby blue. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was fun. So. Dad said you needed a job. You said, fuck it. Did you not really know the consequences from that decision, or you just didn't care? I, I didn't give a fuck. It's weird. I was so dumb back then. Dude, I didn't know what life was. I didn't really understand reality. I I, I was in such a, a daze back then. I did, I had no street skills at all. I'd never dated a girl. Actually, I went on. No, I'd never dated anybody. I didn't have any friends, barely. I, when I was a kid, I had a very hard time making friends. I thought I'd die a virgin. So basically, I had no women skills, no street skills, nothing. I just didn't get it. I, I, I just said, fuck it, I'm going to join the Navy. I didn't understand death, or I didn't know his dad had died in the military, or it didn't cross my mind. It's weird, dude. I think I joined the military because of uh, the Shawshank Redemption. And I, I know that sounds weird, but... But you know what Shawshank's about? It's it's a movie about male friendship. There's not many movies that are just about male friendship. That I feel like there's a yearning. That's that's the number one movie on IMDb, and it's because we guys don't really have that. It's a movie. It's just it's just about male bonding. It's not even about prison. Prison's a side effect of that movie. That movie's about friendship. Mm-hmm. And I, I yearn to have that friendship. And somehow subconsciously, I thought, oh, I could either go to prison or I can go to boot camp. So since I didn't have any friends, I, I the deer hunter I was watching too a lot. I wanted friends. He has friends in that movie. You ever hear about the happy Roman? <laughs> so that's why I joined. Yeah, I, I didn't give it second thought, dude. I really didn't. Oh, you know what? Also Top Gun. That's why I think that shows <laughs> Because believe it or not, a lot of people, I bet you could win trivia with this. Oh, he ain't in the fucking Air Force. He's in the Navy. Wait, really? The Navy has more planes. The Air Force does. Yeah, see, it's 
if someone you, you that's you don't really know that if you're in the military. Yeah, the Navy has way more planes than the Air Force. Or at least they used to. So, um, okay, so you you sign up. How much time goes by before you have to go? Because I remember we hung out the night before you left, and you buried that ring in the park. Yeah, yeah. God, that was a crazy night. I think a few weeks went by. I did something smart, though, that a lot of other people... I guess I did have some smarts. Uh, this is going to get annoying if I keep saying long story short. And I just said long story short twice now, so it's triple annoying. Long story short. But uh, you can join the Navy as an E2 or an E1. And that's a pay raise immediately. I can't believe everybody doesn't do this. Most people just go in as an E1. But if you do a few stupid tests beforehand, run a mile, do some push-ups, you can raise your rank to E2. So I did that. I went in E2. And so I was already outranking a few people. And just from doing some fucking running, I can't believe it. I bet more people do it now. I can't believe somebody would join the Navy as an E1. I just don't get it. So yeah, I joined as an E2. What's E1 mean? I, and it's funny. I didn't even know where the forward of the ship was when I got on it. It's, it's surprising how dumb people are in the Navy me. But uh, I think it's enlisted one. There's officers and enlisted. I think it means enlisted. Or I, I have no fucking clue. I was, I, I was an E2 when I, or E3 when I got up. But, yeah, I wrote a whole book about boot camp. Boot camp was fucking insane. It was crazy. Especially since, I, you know, I'm bipolar. I was bipolar. I got yelled at all the time in boot camp. I fucked up all the time, Andrew, <laughs> in boot camp. And I'm not... My mind's going blank, but I, I got yelled at. There was this really hot drill instructor. She was black, beautiful, half black, half white. And she never said a word the first two weeks. Never said a word. So we all thought, oh, she's so sweet. And then I fucked up. And she just started handing me my ass, screaming at me. And then I would laugh. And then I would get my ass handed to me more. Like, I, I, got, <laughs> I got more fucked over than anybody in boot camp. But one thing saved my ass. And that's that uh, I... Uh, I led like five people to the Lord in boot camp. You know, I was really gung ho about it. I became the religious petty officer, so I would pray with people at night. But I, I had to explain to them, listen, motherfuckers, God does not care if you cuss. If God cares if you cuss, I'm, I'd rather go to hell. So when I'd be praying with people at night, I would cuss, <laughs> fuck shit, bitch, ass, cunt. I would make them laugh. And they loved it. And I'm like, why would God give a fuck if I say fuck? You know, so i pray with them. And what happened was my drill instructors ended up liking me because of that. One of them did. The other one hated my guts. But uh, one of them ended up liking me. So long story short, this is going to ruin the book, but only three people in boot camp got promoted to E3 at the end, and I was one of them. And that pissed off a lot of people because there was 88 people in there. And I was getting in trouble every fucking week, but I still, just because I was the religious study officer, I got, uh, I got promoted out of boot camp. Of course, that's the last promotion I ever got. But, uh, dude... I've never, I'm, I'm trying to get better at this. There's so many amazing stories from boot camp, but it's harder to remember. I wrote them all in the book. Someday that book's going to get big. I know it, law of attraction, but I'm sure I, I got to think of a few things. Um, a million things happened in boot camp to me. Uh, I became the night crew supervisor. That's where I was the boss of all these guys at night. Mm -hmm. And in boot camp, whenever, whenever you go from one building to another, you have to march. So I would have to march like 10 guys, but I would fuck with them. I'd be like, one, two, a 12, a 15. And I would march us in circles. I would march us <laughs> in the walls to fuck with them. Like, they loved it. But anyway, one of the chefs, I told you this, one of the chefs, I didn't see it happen, but he said that they put salt, Peter, in the food to make our dicks lunch so we don't fuck in boot camp. 
the chef told me, he looked me in the eye and told me that. He also told me that they feed us a lot of starch because starch makes you more susceptible to brainwashing. And this shit started fucking my head when I heard that. I remember you told me that. They give you a ton of starch. You, yeah. you know, you wrote it in a letter. You wrote me a letter and you said, and I had to ask mom what saltpeter meant. Yeah, it's called, it's, it's called saltpeter, but of course we all call it softpeter. Yeah. Um, real quick, can you tell the, can you tell the gas mask story? Yeah. Um, oh, the one, the one drill instructor in boot camp who hated my guts and handed me my ass the whole time. He had the best day of his life was the gas story. Uh, at, in boot camp, you have to get gas, just like when you become a um, when you become a what's it called a prison guard or whatever. You have to get gassed. Certain jobs you have to get gassed. And uh, we went in there. They put this tiny little black pill on the table. I'm like, man, the fucks with that pill? Ain't nothing coming out of that pill. And they put a fan on it, and just this massive wave of gas hits us. And I remember they're like, hey, everybody's gonna react differently. You know, some will puke, some will be fine. And I remember thinking, motherfucker, I ain't puking. I ain't screaming, I'm going to be fine. And I, I was all cool for about 10 seconds. And the <laughs> second the gas hit, I just started screaming like a little bitch. Just screaming, hollering. And I out the corner of my eye, I see all my drill instructors. And they're laughing and they have tears in their eyes, bro. They're just, they're, they're so, they're so fucking overjoyed at my pain, you know? Mm-hmm. They thought it was hilarious. That's not the best story. but it, I wrote it better in the book. Okay, Andrew, this is what's weird. You have a great memory. Mm-hmm. Your memory is a billion times, I think, better than mine for remembering past stuff. And uh, this isn't to show my book, but somehow I was able to remember every week, every day of boot camp when I wrote the book. And I don't remember all that of the ship. I honestly think God wanted me to write that boot camp book because I, I don't have that good a memory. I mean, you won't believe the book's like a thousand pages long. It's crazy. But I, somehow I was able to remember everything and write it down. And I guess when I wrote it down, some of it slipped out of my brain now. But boot camp was crazy. Um, then we came in. We call, came and saw you when you graduated, wasn't it, in uh, Salt Lake City? That, where was that? Uh, something great. Great Lakes. Great. I, I forgot to. Yeah. Um, so you get deployed, right? And then 9-11 happens almost immediately after you. We get deployed. And the funny thing about that was, for, you know, 10 years or how many years before that, the Navy was so chill. I, I remember some guy breaking it down to me what's going to happen. He said, okay, man, you're going to go to Singapore. You're going to go to Taiwan. In Taiwan or Singapore, there's going to be a woman that's going to come down from the ceiling, and she's going to sit on one of you guys' dicks, and the rest of you are going to twirl her around. I, I remember them telling me this. This is something they did in Singapore. <laughs> All you guys would sit around a table. She was real limber. She would fly down from the ceiling, sit on the middle of these dicks, and twirl, twirl her legs. You know, you're going to have the best time of your life. There's going to be McDonald's on the ship. That was a lie. Fuck me. You know, I don't eat fast food. But uh, <laughs> everything's going to be great. Of course, that was before pre-war time, right? Mm-hmm. Second, dude, the second the war happened, we, uh, our ship, we were going to, we were in Hawaii, or we were in Australia when it happened. We were having a good time. Everybody was drunk except me. I was on the ship for a watch or something. I hear this massive siren, and they send us to the middle of the Arabian Sea, and we sit there for nearly a year. Oh my God! My ship was one of the my ship was one of the longest ships to sit in the sea that long since World War II, and we all started going fucking crazy. Our minds started fucking with this, and uh, we all got something called ship eyes. I told you this, right? Yeah. Ship eyes is when a woman who's usually maybe a two becomes a ten. 
and it's like bear goggles. And uh, there was this woman on the ship. She was about 6'3", nothing wrong with tall women. There are some super beautiful tall women. But this girl was, uh, not that I'm God's gift to women or anything, but she was, I'm not kidding, probably a one out of ten, maybe a two. She was unfortunate looking. Yeah, she was, you know, you got to be careful in the PC culture. But, you know, some people are better than others. I'm not Brad Pitt. I'm not ugly. If I was if I was ugly, I'd be pissed at life, but I'm not ugly. I'm not the best. I'm not the worst. But I'm, I'm definitely good looking up bullshit. But anyway, she was two out of ten, and she started turning tricks. She became a toot. I love saying the word toot. Apostrophe, T-U-T-E, you know, prostitute. <laughs> she would, because I, I worked in the mess deck. For some reason, I always worked my crew. I was working in the galley. And she would be around the corner, and you know, she would have guys coming to meet her. She made thirty thousand dollars cash because we believe it or not, dude, we had an ATM on the fucking ship. Tell her the name. She would say her red. name. Big Red. A <laughs> uh, big, big Red, yeah. <laughs> she she fucked up though because she kept all the cash in the duffel bag, and then she got caught and booted out. And she was getting with. I never saw her getting with people, but I heard about it. You know, the ship. Everybody hears everything. Also, you you've heard this a billion times. I would feed sharks. Um, a lot of people don't know this. Um, if you jump off a ship, you're probably going to get killed by some unknown species. You know, 90% of the oceans undiscovered. We Supposedly, we had a mile and a half long line of animals following our ship at all times. I remember that. Because, you know, we're always throwing shit overboard, throwing food. So if you jump overboard, it's not going to be like Titanic. Okay, you're going to get chomped up by something. <laughs> and I, I saw the weirdest shit. I saw weird. The weirdest thing I saw, dude... Um, this is going to sound weird. I saw 50, I think they were tiger sharks, but they were in formation, like in boot camp. They have one leader. It was 50 sharks swimming in like a formation. I don't I don't get it. I don't know what the fuck is going on. That was the first day in the water, I think, though. Shit, man. Um, they... it, it was like they were in boot camp. They had a drill instructor. I, I don't think sharks operate that way, but I'm telling you, dude, I fucking saw it. I, I, I was looking down at it. They were flying fish that flew out of the water that ate birds and shit. It was crazy. It am- it amazes me. Um, <clears throat> it amazes me. You were on that boat for a year. So when I came on one of your shore leaves, mom and I came to see you in San Diego. And I remember I was like 13, 14 at the time. So the ship, when it's like, it's not, the word's not parked. What is it when it's docked, I guess? Um, sure. Sure. Yeah. It, more docked. Yeah, it r- raises like out of the water even more. So when I was under it, it was scary. It was like looking up at a huge building, and then we go up there. There's oh, like, yeah. There's, like, puke all over the deck um, from people, I guess, throwing up while because you all have to, like, stand yeah. there with your arms behind your back. But the inside, Thank Christ, dude, I never had seasickness, yeah. I mean, you're tall. T- you're, you're tall. Um, I wasn't tall at the time, but I was remembering walking through the inside of that ship going, Jesus Christ, you have to be, like, seat belted in, and everything's fucking gray metal, and it just... Looks like remember, do you remember my bed, how, how tiny my bed was? It's only like two feet high and six feet wide. It was like a little box you sat in. I, I don't get claustrophobic, though. That, that dude, seems like the, hell. Oh, go ahead. Speaking of the tall thing, you, you know what happened to my head, right? I do, but tell everyone one, else. Yeah, one night, one night I'm going to, hopefully I can tell one story you didn't know about. You didn't know I was Monty's fish, I don't think. But anyway, um. I was super happy, I was humming, I was singing, and I was running through the ship, and I fucked up because I went up this little ramp, and the ramp made my head just high enough to hit, you know, basically a fucking ton, one ton piece of metal sitting there that that you couldn't blow up with the bazooka, and it just put this massive gash in my head that you can still see now, massive gash. I don't know if I got concussed, but that shit fucked me up. Uh, 
because, you know, you, dude, I mean, I got the most mental abuse I've ever taken in my life was on the ship. And uh, just going back to boot camp real quick, when we were in boot camp, the drill instructors would bitch about this all the time. They'd be like, back then, in Full Metal Jacket, we could slap you and punch you. Now we can't even call you a name. They never called you a name once, ever. They yelled at you, but I, I don't ever remember being called a name. And they couldn't even make you do push-ups unless you got medically cleared. So they'd be like, hey, motherfucker, you owe me 20 when you're cleared by medical. <laughs> but anyway, on the ship, and they, 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 and they, would, they would tell you to remind them. And if you didn't, they would remember, of course, and give you, know, give you hell a week later. Boot camp, dude, boot camp was fucking amazing. I, I loved it. I, I got my ass handed to me a lot. But anyway, the ship was different. I had a boss, and this guy treated me like shit, like absolute garbage. I've always been a polite person, dude, always. I'm mm -hmm. easy to get along with. I have manners. I'm, I'm not God's gift. I'm not saying that, but I've always been real respectful. And this guy just treated me like dirt, like shit. And, and I, I wanted to kill myself. I remember sitting outside wanting to jump, but I thought about that animals in the water. I... I would contemplate suicide all the time on the ship, especially sitting out there for years. I'm a fucking virgin. Don't even know how to date a woman. And then I got this sack of fucking shit making fun of me, treating me like crap. Uh, I'm not going to say his name. He knows who he is. But, and he treated my friend Nick like crap. But I honestly think I might have killed myself if it wasn't for Nick, dude. Nick was my moral support. Nick was a really big guy. Nick's like you. Nick's a really big guy. His fist is like a fucking uh, baseball, you know, or not a baseball, like a bowling ball. Real tall guy. And he would stick up for me. He was always on my side. He stuck up for me in Hollywood. But anyway, uh, we got back at this boss. I told you this, right? I told you a lot. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear it. He, this guy, Andrew, he was the scum of the earth. Like like I said, I have more street points now, but still. Like, why would you want to be mean to me, dude? I'm polite. Well, anyway, he, he, uh, real quick, so... From how you're describing it, he wasn't like drill instructor mean. He was just going out of his way to be even more of a piece of shit, like vindictive. Yeah, because the drill instructors at least had a reason. They're trying to make you recruit. And like I said, no drill instructor called me a name. Nobody called me a pussy or a loser. They just yelled at you. And like, I, I never went to sleep crying because of drill instructors. I knew they had a job. This guy just wanted to make my life hell. He would give me weird jobs. He would make me stand outside even when it was too bright at the equator and I got burned. And, you know, I'm not equating this to him. Ha-ha, equator. But I had skin cancer three times, and I don't know if that's because of that. But uh, one night, he had to stay in there for whatever reason, and we found out that his toothbrush was in there. <laughs> so my friend Nick had the great idea. He said, hey, man, let's rub it on our fucking crotch. And so I'm like, oh, that's great. So we rub it on our pubes, and then Nick without any provocation, he's like, Greg, I'm like, what? And he pulls down his pants. He didn't show me, but he shoved it up his ass. <laughs> shoved the toothbrush right up his fucking ass. And then it, it smelled terrible. He puts it in the, he puts it in back in the case, but he's like, fuck, fuck. Because there was uh, black pubes on it, and it's like a white toothbrush. My, my pubes are orange. We had to pull the pubes out. And the next day, when he comes in to brush his teeth, Nick was pissed, because I, right, right when he brushed his teeth, I said, man, I smell like shit in here. Doesn't it? And Nick was like, shut the fuck up. He never knew, man. He never knew. I, I hope he hears this. He knows who he is. Nobody liked him, dude. You ever heard the saying, if everybody's an asshole, you're an asshole? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, if, But I wish him the best now. I'm listening to a lot of traction. But I do need him to understand his, his breath had my crotch on it that day. There's no change in that. Unless he gets a time machine, it ain't happening. Oh, this is going to not be that funny. But I got him back for, uh, I got him back for two weeks one time. One time I got the idea in my head, you know what? 
I'm going to say, sir, yes, sir, sir, every time he talks to me, I'm going to stand at attention. I'm going to annoy the fuck out of him. So every time he would tell me to do anything, I would stand at strict attention. Sir, yes, sir, and I'd walk like a robot, like a machine. And it really pissed him off, and I, I got away with it for two weeks. But then I told another boss what I was doing, and then he, I don't know. It, it, it's, it sounds better in my head. One other thing, we, we had another boss who was a dick. And speaking of dick, one night we were on the computer and we saw these sex pictures he was sending to his wife, like he had a heart on, and he, he was naked in them, and we were just cracking up. And <laughs> I, I said, hey, maybe we should make a banner and put it on the ship. Like, you know, like, because we're in a printing where the photographers printed out. We never did it, but I wish we would have done that. <laughs> he was, uh, I, dude, I don't know what, what it is about that ship. We had some awful, awful bosses. One guy was my boss, but he was amazing. His name was Ryan Kitchell. And that, that's a good guy right there. You notice I named his name. The other guy's I ain't naming his other name. Mm-hmm. That's a good person. Did He was cool. Did you go to school for being a combat photographer while you were in boot camp or while you were already deployed? It's funny. I actually, did you know I failed photography school and and they just had me go through the whole thing again? Did you know that? No. Uh-uh. It's surprising. You're really good at it. Well, thanks, man. I'm good at but guess what? I still don't know how to set an F-stop. I still don't. Dude, I'm not kidding, but like focal points and lenses and lighting is like, you have to have a PhD. It is so fucking hard i know how to frame a photo I, I i do know how to take a good photo but luckily we have auto stuff now but dude google it someday look up f-stops focal length it is the hardest shit ever i didn't know that it's just it's impossible so put yourself in my shoes dude. you're in school all day learning this mathematical shit you've never had a girlfriend you only have a couple friends you just got out of the military i mean you just got out of the ship and your head's fucked up like i'm gonna give a shit about an f-stop mm-hmm so I, I didn't pay attention, and I, I failed. But anyway, I, I slipped through the next time. I, I, I passed. Um, it's very hard. What? Uh, Five stars. So, oh, two, uh, three. The next three things I want to ask. I want you to tell the two stories about when you you almost got killed on the ship taking photos, and um, yeah, um, I almost got killed twice. Now I'm not some radar genius. So this is what the chief told me. But I, one day I was bored. You know, we're in the middle of fucking nowhere out in the ocean. So I go up on the deck, beautiful. And I, I, I'm like, hey, there's a fucking stairs up there. I'm going to go climb that and take a photo. And I start to climb it. And, and chief, this guy was nice. Some, Not all bosses were dicks. This guy was cool. He's like, hey, Greg, what's that? Watch it. They don't call you Greg. What's that? Watch out. And it turns out he said I would have got, like, vaporized or something if I went up there. <laughs> like, I would have got killed by radiation. And I remember, I remember him saying, if, if you pay attention, you'll see birds getting next to it and getting killed. And I don't know, I don't know if this is just, I don't know if it was then or the next day, but I actually did see a seagull get killed going next to this thing, this big spinning radar. So if it killed the bird, what's going to do to me? Now? Yeah. Then, but the, the more interesting one is, is the other one, which you know. But yeah. uh, I was on an amphibious assault ship. And what that means is our ship could sink, I think, like 70 feet underwater, and it did that so that a hovercraft could come on board. So when the hovercraft comes on board, it's basically just floating in, and then it would lift up. But anyway, okay, so I go, I go down there to take photos. And I'd always heard this, that, that when I, even when I was in boot camp, they put the fear of God into us about mooring lines. But when, when the ship goes to the port, there's a massive fucking rope docks the ship to the port. And I mean, I remember them showing us footage of the rope snapping and cutting like test dummies in half. 
there's a Cuba Gooding Jr. movie based on a true story where he was in the Navy, got his leg cut off. Yeah, I saw that. When those ropes, yeah, when those ropes snap, it's like a cannonball. It's like Barry Lyndon. That's a good movie. And I, I just, the fear of Christ was in me about that. But what happened was I didn't know that, I didn't know that the stupid fucking hovercraft had a mooring line. And before I even knew what was happening, the mooring line caught me and it caught this other dude. And if it had got us against the wall, it would have cut us in half. Because even the hovercraft was like 75 feet long, weighed thousands and thousands of pounds. And I remember, you know, just I just knew I was going to get cut in half. And out of nowhere, this little Marine guy, I, I love Marines, dude, but the Navy or the Marines bitch. Any, any sailor will tell you that. The whole point of the Navy, basically, is to, is to uh, we, we bring the Marines to the fight. That's what most, most sailors do. We're on the ship to the, to bring them to the fight. But anyway, this little fucking Marine guy, 5'4", I mean, he's tiny, picks me up, dude. You know, I weigh, back then, I probably weighed 160. He picked me up with one hand, picked the other guy up with the other hand, and lifted us over the rope. I, I don't know how he did that. He was strong as fuck. He's like Wolverine, dude. Wolverine's like 5'3". <laughs> I still can't, you know, no offense to Hugh Jackman, I can't believe that they said, hmm, Wolverine, a character that's pissed about being short and always talks about being short, we're going to cast somebody that's like 6'4 to play him. I, I still can't get over that. I love you, Hugh Jackman, but come on, dude. Would you cast me to play a wee man in a movie? No. But anyway, he, he lifts us over the fucking rope and saved my ass. 160 pounds with one arm, dude. Damn, man. Yeah, I would probably would have killed me. Oh, here's the third one. This, this is a more, this is a straight fuck you from my boss. Um, long story short, I'm saying Sherry. That's annoying, Greg. Yeah, looks like I talked to myself. But uh, we, we were at, I think we were at East Timor. We were at some place, and uh, they needed a photographer to deploy into a war zone. And uh, somehow I was drafted into that. At that point, I thought I was invincible. I hadn't, I hadn't hurt my knee yet. You know, when you're a kid, you think you're invincible. You think you can't die, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, we, in the, in our photo lab, we only had one set of combat, combat gear that we all had to share. And my boss was like, no, I don't want you to wear it. Nah, I, you know, yeah, you just go wearing your dress blues. So, but this is where the story's fucked up. My boss wanted to send me into a war zone wearing bright colored uniform, essentially wearing a fucking bullseye, just so he could not get that uniform dirty. My boss would have rather me die at Andrew than get that $200 uniform dirty. Do you understand how fucked up that is? Yeah. And I was going to deploy, but the Marine guy's like, man, you're going to get killed out there, man. You can't deploy without your camouflage. And the boss didn't give a fuck. I mean, this this wasn't the, this was another asshole. This was the asshole boss that took naked photos. This is a different guy. But he would have rather me die than fuck up that uniform, which he couldn't fit anyway because he was a fat ass. <laughs> I don't get it. You paint it. Y'all got to paint like bombs too, right? <laughs> didn't you say that? Oh, yeah. Dude, they, they would paint little messages, fuck you assholes, and, and like all kinds of stuff. On The thing is, dude, we were so brainwashed on that ship to, to think that, you know, certain people are evil and, and we're amazing. And it's just it, the, the psychological warfare is astounding. But but the thing is that you people need to keep in mind, this was like directly after 9-11 and everyone was joining the military and pissed off. And um, yeah, the, but fun fact, two things. <clears throat> Can I say the name of your ship? Yeah. yeah. You, you were on the Peleliu. And I remember I was in the mall of mom one time and we had a, there was a time magazine and y'all ship was on the cover. And I remember mom reading it and like start crying. She was like, Oh my God, this, this is my son. And she was like telling people like this, you know, and then, 
Um, uh, fun fact. Do you want to say who was rolled up in a carpet and put on your ship? Or Roll. Do you remember? I, I remember his I, name. I, I do want me to tell you. Are you talking about the terrorist guy? John Walker, the the white guy who went. John Walker. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard they whooped his ass too, like behind the scenes. Like I, I didn't see a lot of that. If, yeah, there's a terrorist guy on our ship. If people don't know who that is, there's um, like a random white guy who went over to the Middle East and became like a fucking terrorist, and his name was like John Walker or something. John Walker. Yeah, he was on our ship. Um, I go. I got to tell you a. I'll tell you a, a little lighter story, but. When, when we went over, you know what the equator is, right? It's like the hottest point in the world. Well, we went over that. Did I tell you this already? God, I fucking tell you everything. No, no, I no, no. no. I was, I was just gonna say, I, I don't even know what the fucking equator is. So tell me all this. Okay, I didn't know either. It's, a, it's a line that runs across. It's an invisible line that runs across the, the Earth, and it's like the hottest point on planet Earth. Something. Anyway, it's been a, it's been a ceremony for years. Whenever you pass it, you basically get your ass kicked and hazed and fucked with and beat up like it's like a ceremony. Now, of course, when I was in, it was all PC, but they couldn't do that. So that we just had this fun ceremony where we jumped in water and we got yelled at. But in the past, we would have got our ass kicked. Like, uh, you know those pins you get, like the little Air Force pins that, have, that you put on your jacket? Back, back then, they used to get punched into their chest with a fist. So punching a nail into your chest. But anyway, that's the equator thing. Um, the captain said... Captain was cool, dude. A lot of us were 18. He said, listen, if you're old enough to fight and die, you're old enough to drink. So even though we were 18, he let everybody drink. He gave everybody, I think, three beers, right? Mm-hmm. And me, me being an entrepreneur, I sold my beers for 20 apiece. I made like 60 bucks. 60 bucks, like 100, 100 something bucks back then. Um, one guy really fucked up on the ship. He fucked up bad, Andrew. He was uh, copying CDs for people, which is fine, but he fucked up and told a news lady that. He said, oh, yeah. I copied CDs, music CDs for people for five bucks, and then he got in trouble. I don't know why he would tell the news that, but he fucked (laughs) up. This is one of my favorite uh, terms. He's done goofed. (laughs) Allegedly, was there, were they conditioning everybody to just, were they conditioning, conditioning you to hate people from the Middle East? Yes. Absolutely. That's they were playing a couple times a night. They played a chant. I told you across the radio, "Fuck certain, certain, certain." You know, mm-hmm. I want you to believe out the word I said before, just in case. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I am. Um, um but yeah, they, we were conditioned to think they were the enemy and the devil, and it's it, we were all brainwashed, and it, it was really crazy, man. I mean, they they started the brainwashing started in boot camp, and in the in the, in the, in the on the ship that's when it got real. I wasn't a marine. The marines were the the ones that had to go out there and do do the shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, um, this is a random stupid thing. I I was reading it on the uh, the ship, and this is just a stupid little story. But if if anybody out there has ever read the paperback version of it from the nineties, that book is fucking massive. And the problem with that paperback is one. Once you, oh, it's beautiful. It's my favorite. It's the cover that has like Pennywise's eyes with stars in them. You know what I'm talking about? His yeah. skull eyes. Or mm-hmm. But whenever you get to the middle of that version, it starts to break. And I couldn't fit the whole thing in my pocket, so I know this is fucking stupid. But every day after I read a page, I would just rip the page off and throw it away so it would fit in my pocket. So I, you know, I'd read two chapters. I'd rip those chapters off and keep it in my back pocket to read it. Oh, cool. Because it was already breaking anyway. I was reading The Stand 
on the ship, but that was too scary. I couldn't read that about an apocalypse when every night I could be getting killed, you know? <laughs> it didn't scare me at all, not on the ship. Fun fact, you and Mom, man, I've never seen two motherfuckers read, like, so, yeah, growing up, you didn't really, besides watching movies with me and stuff, you always were reading, like, a thousand-page Stephen King book in the bathtub, everywhere, yeah. and Mom, do Mom, too, would go to the library and check out, like, seven books a week. And just I remember one, I love it, man. I remember one time, dude, I wrote like a three page essay for school and I handed it to her and like maybe five seconds or ten seconds went by and she handed it back and I was like, There's no way you read that and she she like said <laughs> she can read quick. Yeah. Um so Yeah, I, I don't like reading fast. I, I read slow, but yeah, she reads quick. So is there any other um stuff from the military before we go on to Hollywood that you want to talk about? Okay, let me look. I I, I wrote down um I wrote down a few things. Yeah, my friend Nick, I already told you that. My friend Nick, and I've told him this, is the reason probably that I'm still alive. Because I was he can tell you how much hazing and abuse I took. I never got hit. I never got punched. But sometimes the worst abuse is mental, especially if you're an 18-year-old kid who's never been laid and never uh, dated fucking chick ever, never been anywhere. I mean, I, like I said, I wanted to kill myself the whole time on the ship. And he was there being my friend. He stood up for me. He was six foot four. He's six foot. He's still a six foot four. Big guy. I love you, Nick. So if he wasn't there, I don't even know if I'd be alive, dude. And he went. He moved to Hollywood with me too. And then we both went crazy in Hollywood. Um, uh, do you still talk to him at all? Uh, yeah, I haven't talked to him in a few months, but we're 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 close. I mean, you're the people you're in the military with. You're bonded for life. If you basically, it'd be the same. He's my uh, Morgan Freeman. In uh, Shawshank, I mean, we're we're, we're that close. Yeah, it, it's crazy. He, but that's a good person, man. I hope he lives a long time. Did you come back home to get your shit before you went to LA? Yeah, I. I what's weird? This confuses me too. I went to LA. I think I was there for like a year. Then I moved back home for a year. Then I moved back to LA for a year. Then I came back home, and I I got a pretty sizable check when I got out. Oh, oh, Andrew, you don't know the full knee injury story. I don't think I told you, have I? I can make it quick, but, like, what do you, you know I injured my knee, of course, but I don't think you know the full extent of it. Can I tell you? Mm-hmm. Have I, have I told you all this already or no? I, I, you I don't think I, I don't. No. Okay. Uh, um, okay, so I was on leave in Disneyland. I was in the Navy, and I injured my knee dumbly. You know, I just, I injured my knee in Disneyland. My bosses know that. They all knew that. I come back, and I tell my boss, my knee is fucked up. I need to get it looked at. I'm wearing, And I go to the doctor, and he puts me in a full leg cast. My boss, I, I just, I can't fathom this, Andrew. In a full leg cast, he makes me climb up the ship's ladder wells every day, like hundreds, hundreds of feet up steep ladder wells, and I'm on crutches and a leg cast. You can ask Nick about this. He made me do it for, like, I think a week. And the doctor on the ship, they, they wouldn't give me an MRI. They're like, oh, you're fine, you're fine, because MRIs are expensive. And they didn't think my knee was injured. They thought, you know, I was full shit, right? Mm-hmm. What happens is I end up fucking up my other leg because I slip. I end up hurting my right leg, and then I fuck that knee up. So one knee injury turns into two. One knee surgery turns into four just because a certain somebody, who I wish love on now, made me climb up the ladder walls. This is a true story. I'm not bullshitting. My knees got goofed. Four, four meniscus 
like surgeries, dude. Major surgeries, all of them. So your one leg was fucked up, and by making you do that shit, it like ripped your ACL. Yeah. I don't think I talked to you about that. I think you just think I got injured once, but no, no, dude, it was a whole process. And and if if he had not made me climb the ship's ladder walls, I wouldn't have had four knee surgeries. I probably would have only had one. But he made me do that every day. You remember you remember going up the ship ladder? Remember how fucking steep that was? Imagine doing that with crutches and a full leg. Damn. And they all thought I was, he thought I was BSing, and he told the bosses, oh, he's fine. But when they finally gave me the extensive MRI, which, of course, he didn't have to pay for, it turns out I had a meniscus tear straight in half. That is when I got introduced to Percocet and Vicodin. Up until that point, I was squeaky clean. Dude, they gave me Percocet and Vicodin. I was floating on a cloud nine, dude. I felt like I was in heaven. But I didn't get addicted at that point. That didn't happen until later in L.A. I, I loved it, but I didn't I didn't need it then. Yeah. But yeah, that's the full knee thing. You didn't know that, huh? Mm-mm. And I'm not bullshit. That's the truth. I they, Now, it's, dude, it's in my military record. I got injured at Disneyland. That, it, it, but the other stuff, I told them that. I, I talked about going to a lawyer, but they said, don't go to a lawyer. You can't sue the military. And I, you know, I... The military took care of me. I get a they hook I'm not mad at the military. I'm not mad at the military about anything. The military wasn't the problem. The problem in the military was a few asshole bosses. I, I have zero animosity toward the government or the military. There's just when certain people get power, it changes them. And the same guy, dude, the same guy made me have basically four major surgeries, which is crazy. And, dude, I, I was on, it took a month for me to uh, get out of the military, a month. I was in bed. Do you know that I was in a hospital for a month? That's how bad it was? No, I didn't know that. I know. That. I, I was in a, oh, good. I know you, I know I've seen the scars. Your legs were all fucked up. Yeah, I, dude, I was in a hospital ward for a month. I mean, if this isn't, oh, Greg's making it up. This was major. And, but, and I, I told, I told, uh, my bo- I told the other bosses what he did. I told the lawyers, but they just said, you know, just, you just, you know, there's nothing to do about it. And I just let it go. And I have no resentment toward him now. So I really don't. That's the weird thing. I'm not mad at him at all. So I even sent him a letter a few years ago. And of course he never responded. You, you, um, you get out. What, what's going through your mind? It's like I was in a daze. I remember coming home. And I had like eight thousand bucks, which is like, dude, that's a lot of money now. So they gave me like an eight thousand uh, dollar parting fee. I remember this is. I remember the first thing I did was come home and rent Friday the Thirteenth movies. I, I I have that memory so. I remember that. Head. I went home and went. I remember that. I was and you were in bed. Did you yeah. watch them too? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And let, let's say you were honorably discharged. Yeah, I honorable honorable discharge. Um, dude, the last thing I'm planning to you want is a dishonorable discharge. You do not want that. I mean, there's. I mean, actually, no, the last thing on earth is you want, there's worse stuff, but yeah. You, um, so you're watching Friday the 13th movies. Are you, um, thinking about what you want to do or are you just kind of just glad to be done? I'm thinking, what do I want to do with life? Well, well, even in the military, I wanted to be an actor. And I, I think I came home just to chill for a while. I, you know, it's funny. I remember coming home and I remember I smelled like shit. Do you remember that? Cause I, I hadn't been in a hotel. I, I, I slept in the car for four days. Oh shit. And I smelled like B.O. I felt bad. But, yeah, I slept in the back of the truck. But, yeah, I, I stayed home a while. I don't know how long. And then I moved to Hollywood with Nick. Me and him moved into an apartment. We lived right on Hollywood Boulevard. As a matter of fact, this is random. I'm probably the only person on planet Earth that can say they've surfed down Hollywood Boulevard. I surfed Hollywood Boulevard. Did you know that? What do you mean surfed? 
I mean, I, I got on the fucking bodyboard and there, there was a drain blew up or something and there, or a flood, there was like a flooding in the gutter mm-hmm. and me and Nick had a bodyboard and we got the idea, hey, let's bodyboard and we actually bodyboarded down fucking uh, Highland Avenue to Hollywood and we were getting honked, people were cheering, it was great. Man. Hell yeah. Because there was like, the, the drain was flooding. So, wait, hold on. Um, Is this, okay, because when... Is this after, because at one point you got in your truck and you lived in like a valet parking lot in your camper. Was that before? That's, that's later. That's a, that's after this. Okay, I, okay, I, okay. Me and Nick lived together. Me and Nick had severe, severe, severe PTSD. PTSD. I still have PTSD. So when we lived together, we started going nuts. We kind of argued some. And then uh, he moved out. And I, I lived in that apartment for a while. And then I You were going uh, crazy then. Truck. I was going crazy. Because you and, would call uh, me. I, I remember it, you calling me yeah. when you were, like, fucked up. I'm not trying to put air your business out, but, like, I remember That's fine. you calling me. Because, man, this feels so long ago. But you would just start talking. Or you would fall asleep, like, while we were talking in the bathtub or something. I was I was high on weed, too. Mm-hmm. My, my brain was so fucked up. You and, I, you and I are two people. We can't smoke weed. We just can't. Just not. Uh, it, it, it when I smoke weed, it sends me into hell. It, it, it's yeah. like I went into the matrix in reverse. It's hell. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I'd like to. I'd love to be able to smoke weed. I'm. You know what? I'm going to believe I can smoke weed in the future. I. I. But uh, I've tried, man. It's same thing happened to me. I got laced with PCP the first time I ever smoked weed, and ever since then I can't do it. You got wait. You did PCP too? No, I didn't. I thought I told you this. I was at uh, Eastell Mall. And there's these two uh, brothers. I'm not going to say their name. There's these two brothers, and we were by the train. I know what you're talking about. They got they got me hooked on sunflower seeds. <laughs> they they were they were um, we were by the train tracks, and we were smoking out of a tinfoil pipe. And I remember they gave me this. They're like, put this hoodie on because I was worried about my clothes smelling like weed. So they gave me like the Karate Kid like skeleton hoodie, and I put it on. And I remember smoking it, and everyone's laughing. And this is the first time I ever smoked weed, dude. I went crazy. They t- they told me it was embalming fluid, which I don't. It was. Jesus. I just considered it PCP because I started hallucinating too. And what's with people? What's with people fucking over people's like, first high? I don't like get people, it. Happened to both of us. People getting wet, like you know the you know angel dust or PCP or whatever. Yeah, but I I ever since then, dude. It's you perfect. It was. What you said was correct. It's like I go into hell and I'm like praying to God. I'm like, hell. God, if you make me Pray stop in. being. Please let it in. Yeah. Please let it in. It's, yeah. And dude, it doesn't even take a lot. I think like one time you and I, before you went back, you were leaving to go somewhere and we bought that 20 sack and we smoked it behind the shed. I, yeah, I remember that. We smoked behind that shed. But dude. Andrew, this is the weird thing. I, Dude, there was a four-year period where I was smoking an ounce a month. So I don't know what changed. I was able to smoke weed for a while. But then something when I turned twenty four, something changed. I don't know, dude. I I I would I'll do anything else but smoke weed. Like I can't deal with it. It's yeah. like the worst feeling. But okay, so you're living with Nick. Well, you know what's fucked up, dude? We're gonna go into this. just let me just tell you this real quick. I was doing good about last year. I, I was smoking a tiny bit of weed and I was fine. And then guess what? Savannah's friend did. Hmm. He's a nice guy, but he he did something. You know, he's he's a real nice guy, but he didn't think this through. He had a weed pipe, and I had been smoking on and off for a few months, just a tiny little hit, Andrew, and I was fine. This is last year. And he said, oh, this pipe is broke. you got to hit it hard. And I didn't know he was fucking with me. And I, 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 I had told him, dude, I can't smoke a lot of weed, but he, 
he told me the pipe was fucked up so that I would smoke more, and I and I got paranoid panic attack. I think he feels bad. But, I hate know, people that, like that. that. that stuff. I hate, Why would you do that? I hate people like that, dude. Like, I've been drugged three times in my life. One time, I was the first time the PCP. Um, I was at a party one time, and... I was actually playing a show and I asked for some water because we were in a like sweaty ass shed. And after I drank the water, someone had put L- uh, acid in it, like LSD. So I had to go home tripping in front of mom. And then another time uh, in New Orleans, I was roofied. Who roofied you? I don't. I don't know. Like, just some no, like random dude at a bar or something. No, dude. I I don't know. Um, the 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 thing. It's not like I got fucked with or anything, but. I'm a, I'm a big guy, and when I drank, I could drink a lot. I got off work, and yeah. I was hanging out with a group of people, and someone bought me, like, um, <clears throat> what was it, a PBR and a shot of whiskey, which for me, I could drink, like, 10 of those and be fine. Um, I drank it, and I don't remember anything else. I don't remember any, I woke up in the, in the bathtub at my house with the shower on. Like, I had been being sprayed oh. by water for, like, nine hours, and I don't... Did you put yourself in the shower? I don't, I don't know. I, I, that's the thing, dude. I've thought about it to this day. I don't remember anything. I woke up and I had like bruises on my arms and shit. Like I have no clue. I mean, I had my clothes on or anything. It's not like anything weird happened, but I've always just assumed I got like accident. Like maybe they were trying to roofie someone else and I drank the wrong thing, but that's crazy, man. It, it was, it's one of the worst feelings ever. Um, and the, you know what's weird, dude? You know, I, I had a flash to, you know, one of my favorite documentaries is, uh, uh, fuck, who's the crazy guy who shits in his hand? And uh, I, I just watched this documentary. How do I not remember his name? It's one of the best documentaries ever. He shits in, he's a crazy singer who OD'd on heroin, shits in his hand, throws it on people. What's that guy's name? Oh, G.G. Allen. Yeah, he, his story was identical to yours. I think he said he was clean. And then somebody, his brother, gave him a glass of water with acid in it, and that got him started. It's, mm-hmm. He's basically exactly what you said happened to you is what he said. Because I saw this documentary a couple weeks ago, Masterpiece. Dude, when I was in L.A., my whole life was getting stuff. I, I would spend the whole day finding stuff, getting stuff. I would go downtown. I would, I would go to Skid Row. And, and then the whole day was just so I could get something, sit down and play a video game, and be happy for 45 minutes. It, 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 that was the whole day was built around that. Ten years I was doing this shit. I feel, dude, I feel you. Real quick, to, real quick to lighten mood. Explain it. Um, I have a friend recently who asked me what Skid Row is. Explain to people what Skid Row is and how it is in person. Skid Row is a complete conundrum because you have a bunch of homeless people and then right next to them are like $50,000 Escalades and amazing cars because uh, Skid Row is being gentrified now. So it's, it's not uncommon to walk down the street and see 10 million tents and then, like, the nicest car you've ever seen parked right next to them. It's just thousands of homeless people. Uh, Does it look like hell? They got rid... Yeah, but it looked pretty good when you know somebody's going to give you some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so Skid Row, I was watching a documentary recently. We talked about the the Asian girl who got found in the water tank. That That's on Skid Row, right? Uh, that hotel? Yes. Yes, that's, well, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right you, down the street. Did you hear, I, I, I lived right down the street from her, from that place. Did you hear stories about that place when you lived there? Well, dude, I was fucking there. Oh. I, I, I was, I, I met this, this dude named Moan. I'm still cool with him. He's a nice guy. His real name's not Moan. That was his name to sell stuff, but he fucked up and let me see his real name. Oh, dude, just, I, I just got to tell you this. One time I met Moan to pick up some pills. 
and we're in the car, and he's like, hey, man, can you make this rap video for me? And he's like, spell, he's telling me how to spell moan. And I had just given him a hundred bucks, and he, he he does that dumb thing you and I hate in movies where when they're driving, the passenger looks, the driver looks at the passenger for twenty seconds. Mm-hmm. I hate that shit. It's not real. He looks at me, telling me how to spell his name, and then he hits this fucking Asian guy in front of us, and it's hilarious because I had just given him a hundred for pills, and the sec- ten seconds after he got it, he had to go bribe that guy to not sue him. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it, that happened on Skid Row. You know, it's fine. So Hollywood, you were there for over a decade, right? Yeah. Um, so I feel like the best way to get into this is you can either start from the start and keep going from when Nick moved out, or we can just start. I can start throwing stories at you that I kind of remember that, like for example, uh, John Single, uh, like John Singleton, or the chick, uh, the actress girl totaling your car, or like working at ArcLight. I don't want to say I don't want to say her name, but uh, an actress from a Fast and the Furious movie. This is real, and she's not she's not a bad person, but she uh, she straight up nailed my car that I was living in. This is the car I lived in the Hollywood Bowl parking lot for a year. A year I lived there, and I would go to LACC. I would take showers at the gym. And she totaled it. She came out of nowhere. She didn't have a license. Uh, she wasn't a citizen. And uh, she offered to pay me. She did. You don't, I don't think I told you this whole story. She offered to pay me. I remember being really mad because when the cops came to do the thing, they kind of gave her a pass because she was hot. Mm-hmm. And one cop was hitting on her. And he's like, hey, you shouldn't give this guy money. I'm like, dude, she's not going to go out with her. Why are you flirting with her? To, and she's the one that fucking hit me. And I, I almost got into it with the, the no, not the cop, but the uh, ambulance guy. Mm-hmm. He was basically telling her not to give me any money, even though she nailed me, just because he wanted to nail her because she's hot. Did she hit your car? Or is, is this the one where the, the telephone pole fell through the car? Is that another dude, one? Dude, I, I, I got in so many wrecks in L.A., and I never caused any of that. That's but I, dude, I was just driving. I was driving down, um, oh, fuck, I see the street in my head. I think it was it was in Beverly Hills. They close to it. I was driving down the street, and she just came out of nowhere and nailed me. 100% her fault. She offered to give me money right then. She had just done the movie. Even, dude, even though she had just got in, she was already telling me how her friends were trying to leech off her. But I made a choice, and I still think this was a smart choice. I said, hey, keep the money, but could you maybe help me get my script done? And of course, but here's the problem. I was not a good writer back then. Okay, I was a shitty writer. I think I'm a good writer now, but it took me years to be a good writer. I was not born a good writer. I sucked. And I gave her the shitty script, and of course, she pretended it was cool, and then she took me out to dinner once. We went out to eat. Not, you know, Nothing ever weird happened. But she was not the... She did hit me, but in her defense, she did offer to give me the money. So she's not a bad person. She offered. I said keep it. Yeah, I mean, you may got to make decisions. You were trying to make it, so. Um, I don't regret that. I mean, I think that was a good decision. I regret not being a better writer. Yeah. Know, but I, I don't regret that. that was, you know, you got to take your chance when you get it. Dude, I had so many near misses and crazy things in Hollywood. You wouldn't even believe it. There's so many. I, I could write a whole book about it. Uh, I, okay, I've been in two movies. One movie premiered at the Arclight. I still have the ticket stuff for it. And guess how I got that movie? I flirted. This is how Hollywood is. I, the movie was only a budget of like 30000 You can't find it anywhere. The other movie I'm in, I think it's on Amazon Prime. It's called Fatal Pulse. I love that guy, David Patrick. Anyway, um, I, I was dating this chick at LECC, and we were kind of floating around, and she got me in with her, uh, the director. That's how, that's the only reason I even got in the movie, because you have to know somebody, basically. Yeah. You know, you ever heard of the Montgomery G.I. Bill? Mm-mm. I, it's, it's, this was crazy, dude. 
they were paying me $2,000 to go to school because I made the smartest decision of my whole life. When I was in boot camp, they said, hey, if you give us, if we're going to dock your pay for like a, a year, we're going to dock 50 bucks a month out of your check. But if you let us do that, we'll give you 30000 in college benefits. And a lot of guys didn't do it. I did it. And because I did that one thing, I was able to live in Hollywood with 2500 a month for 10 years. So I basically went to City College for 10 years. And I would take the same classes over again. I just did it to meet chicks and to, to live. I, I was basically just taking the same bullshit classes. That's where I met Savannah. And uh, I'll tell you this, speaking of Hollywood, when I moved to Hollywood, I was a virgin. I didn't know how to talk to women. I met this dude. I, I actually I met this dude the same night I met the guy that molested me. And this guy, he, uh, I'm not kidding, he gave me a book that was called Don't Put the Pussy on a Pedestal. Because, you know, back then I was kissing, I was, you know, kissing women's ass and terrified and had no confidence. And he made me read this fucking book and it suddenly made me confident. So I, I, because of this guy, I was able to flirt with women and stuff. So I was meeting women at college mm-hmm. and uh, living in the car, living on the GI Bill. Uh, and you started working at the Arclight, correct? The um... I worked at the Arclight, yeah. I worked there. That was, dude, some of the best memories of my life were working there. You met Tarantino it, there. Video. I, I made a joke to Tarantino. He he was uh, he was really high, and he was buying, like, dummy worms and shit and popcorn. He was <laughs> going to see uh, Sin City in the Dome. Uh-huh. And he, as you know, he directed Five Minutes or something to Sin City. And I made some stupid joke. I said, oh, have you heard about this movie? It's pretty good. He looked, you know, I'm just fucking around, dude. I know I know you directed something. But he, he wasn't mad, but I, I was just joking around with him. Mm-hmm. Um, the, some of the best moments in my life, though, were going to Savannah's work. Savannah worked at the Egyptian. I met a million celebrities there. So what would happen is most days she would go to work. I would come later at night. And Savannah's your girlfriend. Goes. Yeah. I would go to her work at night. And uh, she would be working, and I would help out with concessions. And I was really good friends with the guys in concessions, and I would help them with popcorn, soda. Then I would get to see a free movie. Then the celebrities would come. So many celebrities that you just boggle your mind. They all came there. One, one, and she said this would happen all the time. One guy, uh, this happened all the time. She said one guy left a script there that he wrote, and he put property of uh, he put property of like Vigo Mortensen, hoping they would send it to Vigo Mortensen. You know, but everybody's trying to trying to get in. Is Arclight the fucking assholes who fired you for eating the pretzel that someone threw away? You know what? I, I was smart when I got fired from Arclight. Oh, that's another theater. No, I got fired from the Chinese theater too. I, dude, I forgot I didn't work there until you mentioned that. I worked at Chinese for a month, and I was eating. A, everybody ate pretzels. I was eating a pretzel, and I got fired for eating a pretzel. Jesus Christ! It's fine. At Arclight, I got fired for a really dumb reason. Now, I love Arclight, and it's funny, when they, whenever they would fire people at Arclight, they would have security there, because a lot of people would bitch and complain. I was smart. When they fired me, I shook their hands. I said, thank you so much for hiring me, and you're going to see me here, and I'll be nice. And so I got along great with everybody when I was fired. But anyway, I got fired at Arclight because I had my leg up on a counter. Now, you know, you know I do weird shit with my legs. Like, I'll hunch down, or I'll... But, dude, nobody was around. My leg was sore. You know, I'd had four knee surgeries, so nobody was there. I kind of had my knee resting on the counter, but you couldn't see it unless you were behind it. Like, you couldn't see it as a customer. Yeah. And the chef guy comes by, a chef, not my boss, a fucking chef who works in the chef place, whatever, <laughs> the chef place, whatever. He says, hey, man, move your leg. I said, you weren't my boss, dude. And he, he apparently he knew some people, and that got me fired. And he wasn't my boss or anything. What a I, I don't know why the fuck he's 
I don't even know why I was talking to me. Man, what a fucking um, bitch, dude. Um, but luckily, I kissed the boss's ass, and I was cool with everybody, so it's fine. And at this time, oh. is this when you're living the in the tiny room you have to climb through the window and you hit the landlord or family? Yeah, that, that was after, but... Um, before we get to that, let me just say this real quick. It's so weird, dude, about Arclight. Art, working, me, I met one guy at Arclight, and this guy changed my entire life. This, I'm just going to say this real quick. It's not a long story. I met a guy named David. I met him right before I got fired. He became my friend, still my friend. He introduced me to a guy named John who let me live at his place with him and David. And then John introduced me to my friend. Are you still there? Yeah. John, just because of meeting David, I have, dude, I have friends in Oregon now only because of meeting David. Long story short, David introduced me to a guy named John. I moved in with John and David. Then he introduced me to a guy named Christian, who's my friend now. Then Christian introduced me to this other guy who introduced me to another guy who introduced me to another guy out here. And I have a, and now I, my, basically my only friend in Oregon is a guy I met because of being David's friend at Arclight. Isn't that weird how life works? Yeah, man, that's insane. Um, Making one friend has made me friends my whole life. It's, it's really weird. But anyway, uh, yeah, uh, you get fired. I got killed one night. Oh. I get, uh, at one point, Savannah, when I first met Savannah, uh, she was living with the roommate who had a crush on her, and I want you to understand how awkward this is, dude. She's living in the bedroom. He lives in the living room. So let me ask you a question. If you know that some guy has a crush on the girl you're dating and he lives in the living room, are you going to want to walk through the living room, which is his bedroom, every day to go be with the chick he has a crush on? No. <laughs> no. It's awkward. So what I would do is I would go in the alley and I would do, you did it. I, I would climb up in the window and do a flip and land on my bed. Mm-hmm. And I did this for like a year because dude, because <laughs> he, he, he wanted, he, he really wanted to, you know, get with Savannah. And of course, you know, he was overweight, you know, God bless him. So, you know, there's this thin guy getting with this chick he's attracted to. There's no way I'm walking through his fucking bedroom every day. <laughs> but anyway, I, I'm in a routine, bro. Every day I'll go out, do whatever the fuck I'm doing, pick up some pills, go try to get in the movie, go flirt with whatever. Wasn't flirting when I was with but go do whatever. And then I would come home, jump up into the window, and I would do a front flip into my bed. It was pretty cool. I remember. I, I don't know if I got you. Did you do a flip? I, I remember trying to get you to do it. I didn't want you to break I, your neck. I didn't do a flip because I was too nervous, but I, I did have to climb up sure. into that bitch. <laughs> But here's where the fuck-up happened. One night I come home, and, you know, I open the window, and, dude, I swear my whole life would be different now if I didn't do this. Luckily, I had a backpack. So usually I would just do a front flip in there, but I threw the backpack in, and I hear this guy go, ah! <laughs> And thank Christ I threw the backpack in. It turns out I, I, I was at the wrong window, one down from my place, and I threw I, this dude sleeping, and I, I opened his window and threw a backpack on his head. <laughs> and I, I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. You know, I, I live next door. I, you know, I explained it to him, and luckily he didn't shoot me or kill me. I, and then, the, and then I hear four windows down the sky screaming, "Man, fuck you, man! I, I know you're cheating with that girl." And I was like, "No, dude, I, it's awkward. I can't go through." And the guy would, the guy just thought I was like, the guy thought she was married and I was cheating. I, I tried to explain it to him, but you know, it was the middle of the night. But anyway, I was like, "Fuck this!" So I went and slept in my car, and we moved out of there right after. Dude, can you imagine if I jumped through the window and landed on some dude in his bedroom? Like, you know, how would you explain your way out of that? Yeah, that's insane, dude. <laughs> um, I, I still think about that sometimes, man. Thank Christ for that backpack. And it, oh, it was awkward too because I had to ask him for the backpack back. 
kind of back. You know what I did too, dude? When we were leaving, I, I, I knocked on the door and gave his wife like a bunch of free shit from uh, from uh, the movie theater. It's a thanks for you know not murdering me or shooting me. You you move out of there. You're not at Arclay anymore. What what's going through? And are are you going to auditions or writing at this time? Yeah, I, I went to a bunch of auditions. I was writing, but I was very shitty at writing. And I know that sounds pretentious, like, oh, I'm so good at writing now. But I'm better now. But anyway, yeah, I probably went to a couple hundred auditions. Never booked nothing. The closest I came to booking something was on a Conan O'Brien commercial. I was very, very close. I actually had a callback for that. A callback is when, you know, like it says, you get called back. I told you this, right? You didn't know. I, I knew you got the Tim and Eric thing, but... Um... <sighs> Did I get a Tim and Eric thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, oh you know... You have to I make out friend. that girl. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, I forgot about that. You, that's dude. Do you know you can see that on YouTube right now? Yeah, you showed it to me. I was like, I, "What the fuck?" What, <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up. What's hilarious about that was it was really hot outside, and dude, that is the grossest music video I've ever seen in my life. It's disgusting. <laughs> Tim, you know, and Eric Wareheim directed. I loved him and Eric. I love those guys. But he, of course, he made it nasty. I bet the Peshmo had no idea what he was doing. Everybody was like making out, tongues. And this is where the gross part comes in. I overheard an older lady say she was she was about to make out with this biker guy. She said, oh, well, you know, I have herpes, but I'm not going to tell him because he probably has herpes, too. And, and do that. I was like, what the fuck? I actually went and told a PA. I told a, a guy that she's going to give this guy herpes, and the PA didn't do nothing, and she's in the video making out with this guy. But anyway, the funny part is it was really bright, and I so I had this big-ass umbrella in my pocket. And every time between takes, I would put the umbrella over my head. When Eric walked by, I'm like, oh, dude, this won't be in the take. I just, I'm white as shit. I don't want to get cancer. And he smiled, but he didn't care. But if you if you watch the video, you can see the fucking umbrella. And also, I was real slick. I didn't actually make out with the chick that I'm with. I told her, I said, listen, you're pretty, but it's kind of, it's you got to admit, it's gross to just put your tongue in somebody's mouth we don't know. So how about you and I fake it? And so she loved that. We faked it. Dude, even if I was single, I don't want to stick my tongue down some random person's throat. That's gross, man. Yeah. I don't care how hot the girl is. That that, that grosses me out. But yeah, <laughs> that, that video's online. How did you get into that? Oh, my friend John, who I met through David, the guy that David made me have a million friends. David's impact is impacting me now in Portland. I have friends because him. But anyway, he John was a somehow finagled his way to be a production assistant and got me into that. And that's just for extra work. So imagine how hard it is to get a real real job, you know? Now, Damon Packard, I met him through Savannah. Damon Packard is a fucking genius. I love this guy. He's an indie filmmaker who's actually, he's been in a ton of magazines. People love him. Trash I met numbers. him. He put me in... No, no, close. That's somebody else. Uh, Damon Packard did Reflections of Evil. Reflections of Evil. On YouTube. I, I want please watch that whole movie someday, dude. It'll make you laugh. No, I know you haven't. I know you haven't seen the whole movie. No, but. I I I, ha- I saw that movie before I even knew my friend Alex showed it to me, and then you told me Damon. Packard. I remember you were so tripped out. I was like, what? Yeah, I told you I was in one of. His, I'm in two Packard movies. I, I'm in uh, one on. I'm in John Carpenter's Corpse and uh, Fatal Pulse. That was fun. Was he? He seemed. I thought he was an asshole. He was cool. No, he's awesome. He's just. Uh, I used to hang out with diners with him all the time. He's very quiet. What's, here's what's weird about him. He hangs out with extremely weird people. You know, I'm weird, but he's not weird at all. So he's constantly surrounded by nutbags, me being one of them. You're, you're living there. Um, you came back to visit me when I was going through everything. Um, 
Um, yeah, you, you did. Didn't mom tell you to come back to check on me? Um. Yeah. Um. Ooh, I, I want to say stuff, but I can't. You know what I'm thinking. Yeah, but you know, well, yeah, get, she, she asked me to come back. Yeah, so you you saw me when I was homeless. Still, um, was that weird for you? Um, like, no, I, I, it's I, you know, dude. I the the thing is, Andrew. I went from being a deer in headlights, not knowing anything, to being the most jaded motherfucker in the world. So, I mean, not to make it about me. I told I saw photos of dead bodies in the military. I saw all kinds of disgusting shit. So, you doing drugs? It was just another thing in Hollywood. I was doing drugs. Everybody was doing drugs. So no, it's weird how easily I accepted that. And you filmed me. You uh, followed me around for a day. I have a whole, I made a documentary about you. It's it's in my storage locker right now. Yeah, we were like, I was shooting up in the Chevron bathroom. It was insane. I got, dude, and I filmed Kate. I I interviewed Kate. I I, I did a straight documentary. Did you know that I overdosed her? I was in the psych ward. Yeah. You, um, mom told me about it. I, you said you wanted to kill yourself or you tried to kill yourself and then you cut yourself, right? Yeah. Um, so that sucked. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but dude, I was so fucked up that it, you could have told me that anything and it, I would have been chill because I was so doped up. Yeah, no. And the thing I'm getting at is we were, um, speaking of relationships and stuff. So how, how I remember it is we've, had many ups and downs because i feel like we i definitely we definitely love each other but i think sometimes our personalities especially when drugs are involved clash um and you know i didn't know i had any mental stuff going on you know you have your own stuff going on so i think sometimes i would take things personally or this or that so there's many ups and downs but it was weird how growing up there's such an age gap that I remember a lot of stories with you, but it wasn't till maybe, what what do you think? Late teens, early twenties that we started getting close. I think, yeah. Um, Cause I moved out right when you were getting older. Yeah. And you would pop in and out because you were either in the military coming on leave or going to LA coming back and forth. Um, But it's crazy when we're talking, I remember all these different time periods we would talk to each other, like the bat, you know, when you were smoke, the smoking weed in LA, I totally forgot about talking to you on the phone then. And like, you know, you living in Silver Lake or other shit. Um, it's, it's just, it's, you know, what's funny, dude. I, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, what, what's up? This isn't really a story, but another guy tried to, uh, Bless me there too. Speaking of the weed thing, <laughs> this guy invited this, this guy invited me to his apartment, and he's like, "Hey man, you want to smoke some weed?" And I guess I must have just had brain damage because the same thing happened. He handed me a pipe, a clear pipe, mind you, put white powder in it. Swore it was weed, and I'm just a fucking idiot. I smoked it, and then he, the guy, pulled his pants down, and he was like, "Hey, you know, let's just." He's like, "I know you're straight. Let's just pull our dicks out and let's, uh, you know." I'll just watch you, you watch me, and, and I'm on PCP at this point. And so I was like, yeah, and, and I ran out of there, dude. I did a lot of running in LA, man. I, what is it with fucking guys drugging other guys with white powder and a white pipe? I, I don't get it. Dude, I'm not, I swear we're not gay. Let's just touch tips real quick. It's not gay. Yeah, he was like, oh. 
do you uh, have any more LA things you want to talk about? Or you want to talk about your way out of LA and what made you decide to do that? Um, here, let me look at my little list. Uh, oh, okay. Now, I've already told you this, Andrew, but I'm, I need to tell you again. This is the craziest thing to happen to me in L.A., and I need you to understand how crazy this is. Okay. Um, and I know you've heard it, but I'm going to say it quick, or not too quick. I lived at a place called Chandler. You can look this up. Anybody that thinks I'm bullshitting, you can Google it because the website's still up. And uh, I swear that is the most haunted place I've ever lived at in my life. I feel like a, there's so much negative energy in L.A. because everybody's trying to make it, but nobody is, you know? Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm living in this apartment, and I, 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 and I was on Percocet. But Percocet, as you know, doesn't make you hallucinate. So I didn't fucking hallucinate. You don't hallucinate on opiates. I don't know who fucking thinks that. But um, I'm living next to this guy. And this, and this guy, he, uh, he's tripping out. He moved there to be an actor or something. And this guy, I'm walking at night. He's like, man, there's babies trying to crawl on my wall at night. And I'm like, what? And he looked at me. He's like, dude, I'm telling you, man, I- I'm on, I'm doing a search right now because there's babies every night that sneak into my fucking house and they steal shit and then they leave. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, he was living next to me. He was, I think he was on meth. But that's not the weird part. Here's the weird part. About a week later, I dream that that guy dies. I dream he's dead. And I wake up, and, and the dream was so real, right? And I'm like, oh, it's just a dream. And then I go outside, and I see these weird people going in his apartment, leaving his apartment, and I'm like, what the fuck? Something happened to this guy. So I call my apartment manager, and I say, hey, man, um, I, you know, I had this weird dream, and, and the apartment manager, I'm sorry, I know this is getting confusing, but the manager tells me that that guy killed himself. What? So... I, and you can look it up. His, his, he's a gay guy. That doesn't mean anything. I don't care if anybody say but his boyfriend put up a page about him. It's online. If you Google Chandler, I'll give you the address. Here's the website. This is where it's creepy. I dream a guy dies. I wake up and he killed himself. So I dreamed, so I must have dreamed he died as he died. He couldn't take it no more. So he jumped off the top of the building and splatted, died. And he, he thought, you know, babies were coming to get him. And, um, dude, I felt, I felt demonically attacked at that apartment. I've never felt that anything that bad. I felt like demons were trying to fuck with me. I remember I would sleep and I would feel this evil energy in my apartment. And, excuse me, in my closet. And my closet was right next to that dude's place. I, I, I really feel that place was haunted, Andrew. And I wanted to kill myself, too, when I was there. I, I really thought about ending my life. I, I thought about dying, just killing, and he went through with it. Is this the bathtub, but he, the place you called me from the bathtub? No, no, that that that's a, I I that that's a Hollywood. This is a North Hollywood. Okay. Two completely different universes. But here's where it gets weird. I felt demonically attacked there. I felt like shit was coming after me. The dude next to me felt that was happening. He committed suicide. And then my friend who lived right down the street, he starts saying he's being attacked by demons too. And Andrew, this is a normal person. No mental illness. Doesn't do drugs. Doesn't drink. He says, Greg. I feel demonically attacked. I feel like demons are attacking me. And this is right around the time that, that I was feeling it, and the guy killed himself. Jesus. So I, I, go, I go over to his apartment. I have video of this, and I'm all cocky and confident. If there's any demons here, talk to you, you know, and I didn't know that you're... I, I believe God exists, but you're not supposed to talk to demons at all. And I'm talking to them, you know, fuck you guys. And then, you know, I'm all cocky and witty, and then when I come home, I start feeling more fucked with. And, it, it, and uh... I tell this story to my other friend, 
and he says he's being demonically attacked. And, and you know, I, I, you could go, oh, Greg's crazy, he's out there, but I, there's four different guys who all feel they're being demonically attacked in the same area. It's, I, I really, I do feel the devil exists, and I feel the devil's throwing in North Hollywood. Dude. What is the chance I would dream that guy killed himself and he killed himself? I, I, you know what's funny? Guess where his boyfriend lives? His boyfriend lives here in uh, Portland, of all places. And I actually told his boyfriend that story. He thought that was amazing. I found him online. I told the, the boyfriend of the guy that told himself. I told him. Oh, man. And, I came that close to icing myself. Dude. How quick did you get okay. out of there after that? I, I moved to Talmadge. Uh, or I moved, you know what's funny? I moved into the houses. This is what I've heard. I moved into houses built in the 1900s in Hollywood that were studio houses for, like, Charlie Chaplin movies or something. And, oh, dude, where I lived, Tim from Tim and Eric got stabbed, allegedly, right next in the house next to me. Oh, Silver Lake. Did you know, you can, look, you can look this up on Wikipedia. Tim had a crazy roommate that stabbed his fucking ass. There's a, there's a guy, the guy who got me into Damon Packard movies. He's a stand-up comedian. He's friends with Tim and Eric. He's a real great guy. His name's Mike. He's in documentaries and stuff. Great guy. Mike's the one that got me into the movie. What do you... Um, I was going to ask you about Savannah and leaving L.A. Is there stu- is anything in particular you want to talk about? Or you want to start from there? I've... I've uh, me and Savannah have been through some crazy stuff together. She, she lived with me through a lot of it. Um, Savannah's... Some of the best memories of my life are just going... When I think of L.A., the happiest memory is going to pick her up at work because uh, she, where she worked at in Hollywood, fights broke out all the fucking time. I remember there was a gang war out there. Cause it, but it was so fun, dude, because I, I, would, I would walk down Hollywood Boulevard or scoot on my skateboard. You know, there's tons of people. I would find money on the ground. I, you know what my nightly routine was when I went to pick her up? I would walk. It's, her, her place was like a mile away. I would walk to her work. And I would go into all the bars along the way and just look on the floor, and I'd find five bucks, ten bucks, money. I found Adderall. You wouldn't believe what I found. Mm-hmm. And I go into her work, and I get to watch her free movie. And then there, but yeah, a lot of fights there. Just two gang fights broke out, and they were beating each other's ass. And one gang guy dropped his phone, and somebody else dropped piss on it. Or and I, I remember I picked up the phone and I cleaned it off for him. Gave him. He's like, hey, thanks, bro. And he was, like, beating somebody's ass. It was crazy, man. <laughs> Real quick, I forgot. Before we get to Savannah and picking her up from work, you worked at Disneyland. We didn't talk about that. Close. Very close. I worked at Universal Studios, oh. and I got fired for getting my ass kicked. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one, like, a, a Mexican gang jumped you? I was working on a ride. The un- Oh, dude. I dated, you know what, I'm very proud to say this. I didn't sleep with twins. I've never been a fan of sleeping with two women. I'm nervous. I, I was nervous sleeping with one woman, let alone having two women judging me sleep with them. I didn't sleep <laughs> with twins, but I dated twins working there. Wait, you know, one what? sat in my lap. I dated these two hot twins. I worked at the Universal Studios, which was so much fun, because I worked at the Mummy Ride. Did you ever go there or no? Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> Yeah, but to get to the ride, you had to go down all these escalators. And it was so fun because all us workers would slide down the handrail. Like, so we're sliding down a 75-foot handrail five times to go to work. But anyway, yeah, these two twins came, and I met them, and I dated them. Made out with one of them. Never never had sex with them. But I remember taking them to a party, and one of them was sitting in my lap. And the other one had her arm around me, and I just felt like the, the king of the world, man. And one girl that worked with us was laughing when she saw it. 
you don't have to sleep with somebody to feel to feel good about life. Just just knowing that you're dating twins is a good feeling. <laughs> and um, but anyway, uh, one day the ride the, you had to keep your hands in the. It was so stupid, dude. You the handrails glitched on the ride, and the ride was over. The guys couldn't get out, and they were screaming, "Let us out!" I'm like, "Sorry, man, can't get you out." And somehow or another, one of the guys like yells at me or whatever, and I pointed to him. I did something that pissed him off. And when he gets out, he comes up and headbutts me. And blood flies out of my mouth. It didn't even hurt. And and, and, I, I, and then, before I could do anything, his friend swings with me. Real pussy punch. I, it didn't hurt at all. But, dude, I'm so glad this motherfucker was short. I'm, I thank God. Not every day. That's being dramatic. Every couple of years, I thank God he was short. He dented my tooth back. I've showed you this. Mm-hmm. One of my front teeth is dented. If he had been taller, he would have broke my nose even fucked my nose up even more, you know? Damn. And, uh, the bot, I got fired. I don't, I still don't understand this. I got fired for this dude beating my ass. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it, but I have, a, but whenever I would get fired from jobs, I would be really polite to the managers, shake their hand. Cause I knew I'd be going back there, you know, to get free rides. So I, I, I always, I always left on a good note. Did Dude, I think I've been fired from every job in Montgomery. Too. I got fired from Bruno's. I got fired. From, I didn't get fired from Bruno's video. I got fired from the movie theater. Eh, fuck it. Did um, did speaking of girls, didn't you date like a, a fucking stripper at one point too? I did, and uh, <laughs> you know what's you, you know what's you know what's hilarious about this? I've only had one rap dance, and I paid the girl I was dating to get it. I, I my brain's weird. I I, I I fucking hate strip clubs. I hate them. This is what I think about strip clubs. Strip club is like going into Subway. Smelling the sandwich, telling them what you want on the sandwich, making the sandwich, and then all you can do is stare at the sandwich. And as you're staring at the sandwich, there's a six foot ten motherfucker with a flashlight shining it on you to make sure you're not doing nothing. I, I, I fucking hate strip clubs. Dude. That's the best explanation. I hate it. Dude, oh. you ever been, dude? When you're in there, there's a huge guy that will kill you, shining a flashlight, making sure there's no contact or anything. It's and also I hate. I always feel like a mark when I go on a strip club. Yeah. Because I immediately feel like they know that I'm, I'm desperate. I, I hate it. Like, I, I've been to one twice. I've never been to one. I'll say this quick. My, it's, I hate it, dude. I, listen, I, I used to have a problem getting women. I don't. I can't date every woman on earth. Definitely can't date them now. I have a girlfriend. But I, I can get a girl without going to fuck a strip club. But anyway, long story short, I went to my friend's bachelor party in Vegas. All his and dude... His friend had this girl in his lap. The girl was flirting with him. He was giving her all this money. And he thought he was like, she's really into me. And I'm thinking, no, she's not, motherfucker. She's trying to get your money. But anyway, all the guys were giving all their money to the chicks. Meanwhile, I'm walking around the strip club. And I'm, I'm real slick. I look on the ground, and I find, like, 30 bucks. It, now, I would never steal a stripper's money, ever. But it was just there. Like, some guy dropped it. I remember I found 30, 50 bucks something. It was great. But anyway, going back to L.A., I was dating a stripper. I dated two meth heads, and I didn't even know what meth was. I didn't know what it was. I remember back then, oh, dude, I dated this one girl. I met her in an internet cafe, and I remember she, she, we went to In-N-Out, and she ordered a 4 by 4 She's a thin girl, too. She ordered a sandwich with four patties on it. And then she's like, hey, can you pull over for me? I'm like, sure. We pull over, and dude, she gets all these crystals out and starts snorting it. And I remember thinking, even though I didn't know what it was, I was thinking, should you cut those crystals up some? And, and she was snorting like big chunks. I, I remember thinking, and I knew nothing about drugs. You know, should you make that fine? And, and I didn't care. She was hot. Did, um... And uh, 
then she started nodding out, and I took her home. And it, it was a uh, oh, but let me say this about this: I dated a stripper. Uh, I don't want to say her name, but I I, I had a rhyme for her name. I'll tell you off camera. It's really funny. You remember me telling you this? I think so. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you off camera. But anyway, uh, she was working at a strip club. I go in, and I paid. 40 bucks to get her to give me a lap dance because I didn't feel like a mark because I'm already dating her. I'm not a mark if I'm dating her, right? Yeah. But it's, I hate it, dude. You're on Blind Date, which you can watch online. Yep. What's, what? And uh, there, I actually, I, I do a reaction if you look online. It has 3,000 views. I do I do a reaction to my Blind Date video. Was was it, and uh, I'll make sure you send me your uh, YouTube link so I can link it to the video. Uh, yeah. What? I did, I did a reaction last year, too. I got a bunch of views. Go ahead. Is all of that scripted? Close. Um, they sent... Uh, you want to know how I got the role? Was I went to the audition, and there was a girl sitting next to me, and I floated with her, got her number, and then I looked at the casting director, and I said, see, man, this is why you should hire me. You saw I just got a number right. And I think that's what got me hired, was, was leaking to the casting director that I got. Am I saying that right? I don't know. Yeah. I floated with the girl in the audition room, let the casting director know, and and then he they hired me. <clears throat> uh, okay, I'll explain it. They sent a Lincoln Town car to pick me up, a beautiful car. And uh, they say, okay, this is what's going to happen. We're going to have you do a few takes. It's improv. Do you know what improv is? Mm-hmm. It's it's not. It's weird. It's not fake, but it's not real either. It, it was basically they would do a few takes. Hey, can you walk in here, hang out? It's 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 half and half, dude. Did you did you end up going on a real date with her? Because she was doing the whole Bible. She was like pretending she was a Bible. Oh, that, yeah, all that, all that. She was religious, but all that was bullshit. They're like he dunking my head in the tub. So it's basically a prop. She wasn't that crazy. Mm-hmm. Now you remember at the end she says she's not into me. Yeah, that wasn't true. But then she invited me to a viewing party. And, you know, she was nice, and we were kind of hitting it off, but then I got drunk and fucked up, and I made out with one of her friends or something, so that didn't work <laughs> out. And I think she's, ma- I think she's married. I-, I didn't do anything else. Um, so when did you know it was time to leave L.A.? Um, Savannah, she felt like she was going to die working at the Egyptian. She thought she was just going to be an old lady who worked there for the rest of her life, and she was starting to break down she was having panic attacks she couldn't take it anymore she was working her ass off she was the she she dated real quick sorry for people who don't know savannah greg's girlfriend was managing one of like the biggest movie theaters in la and yeah and and she 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 wasn't getting paid more she was working every second and she was just very scared of just dying working at that theater she's like just greg i just can't take this anymore i said okay you know it's funny you I don't want to lump you into this. Maybe you agree with this or not. I feel like you and me and dad will deal with anything. Like, as long as it's not changed, we'll deal with anything. Like, I would have just stayed there forever. Same. I'm really bad at that. No, I just don't. Dude, dad hates change, man. Hates it. So do I. But uh, I said, okay, fuck it. Let's go move to Alabama for a while. Thank you for listening to the season two premiere of the Yak Back Podcast, presented by Anytown Records. More interviews to come. Y'all stay safe.